This is JFM Podcast. And a good morning to you. It is Monday. It's another Monday in the life of the world. I am glad to be here with you. It's a minute past the hour of 9 a.m. And today is the 13th of December, 2021. I am your anchor, your host, Zoe Machunga. And a lot took place this weekend, especially in the city of Jos. And uh, we saw a lot of dignitaries on ground. Uh, former President Goodluck Jonathan uh, has taxed Nigerians, especially Christians, to emulate uh, former Governor of Plateau State Jonah Jang, who built a prayer altar to provide a convenient place for Christians uh, to commune with God, stressing uh, the act is important and a lesson for all. Uh, Jonathan was in Jos, he was in Plateau State on Friday for the dedication of the Ten Commandments prayer altar built by the Yeshua Kingdom Foundation International. Also noted the peace, prosperity, unity of the land. Uh, can be achieved in the place of prayer and um, well that's part of what we will be touching on uh, of course uh, this beautiful monday morning on the program the monday edition of the program let's talk and also in other news we're still seeing uh, news of omicron uh, fg fights back bans airlines from uk canada saudi arabia and argentina and also the numbers are increasing there's a huge spike uh, so far so I do endear you to continue to take good care of yourself, continue to take all non-pharmaceutical measures very, very serious at this time. Uh, if you think COVID is done, it's not yet done. Uh, just like one of the uh, headlines I took this morning uh, saying that, uh, you know, uh, that a lot of people on the plateau, especially uh, not particularly concerned, uh, they feel that COVID-19 is gone and maybe gone for good. Uh, but that is not the case at all. And of course, the UK has also responded to Nigeria uh, saying that they will not reverse the travel ban over FG's threat. Uh, well, so uh, there goes. And we've also gotten news that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, who was in Nigeria, uh, just uh, lately, currently, this month even, uh, is currently down with COVID-19. So, hey, uh, and he was uh, right here with our president and... Um we uh, wish him well. We wish him quick recovery. We hope he c- makes it through. And uh, still in the news again, uh, tackling insecurity remains Buhari's first priority. Uh, that is news. And uh, of course, many Nigerians have lots of reactions concerning this story uh, with insecurity. Uh, we saw uh, Daily Trust put out uh, news again just yesterday. Uh, saying life has no value under Buhari's Nigeria. But we leave it there and let's head now to the main discuss of the day. I have with me via phone uh, Musa Ashams, a social commentator. Thank you for joining us this morning, Musa. Thank you very much, Zoe. Thank you for having me. Okay, and we're also expecting another guest. Um, that is uh, Dr. Chris Piwuna, and he is the national president, national vice president. Asu, he's still on his way. So, uh, Musa, let's start um, with the Ten Commandments uh, that took yeah. place on the plateau just uh, not long ago, just this weekend, and uh, we saw uh, the stadium full. We saw uh, lots of reactions, also. Uh, concerning that, but just throw some light on that, um, you know, the significance and, uh, you know, how people should view it, even though, of course, there is dissenting opinion, other people have other perspectives as well. 
And it's only but natural for people to have opinions on matters because we are not created the same day. Even if we are created the same day, we have our biases. First of all, I want to congratulate, um, the cha- congratulate the chairman of the Yeshua Foundation International, Senator Juna David Jung, for setting a pace for leadership as far as Plateau State is concerned. And um, I want to call on Plateau citizens to also create altars within their family units because this is the time to return to God. The Bible says, If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and desist from their wicked ways, I will listen to them and heal their land. Our land is sick. Nigeria is sick. Nigeria has become, at least Nigeria is, um, is, is cancerous. And um, what he did is a good one. Even President Goodluck Jonathan was challenged. He had to say, I'm even thinking of what I will do to God before I exit. Mm. So it means it is a, it is a, an altar that God will be glorified and God will be served. If God permits Babajan to stay for the next 20 years, you know he's not even going to use that property. It is for the future. It is a property, it is um, a facility, it is an altar that is built to give God all the glory. Some governors build um, worship centers in their states with um, state funds, but this is privately done. And I think he deserves all the kudos. And it has even put us on the tourism map of the world. From what I gathered on the of the occasion, there are only three of such altars in the world. Two of them in the Philippines, and this is the largest in the world. So it has become a record-setting altar. It has become where people will go to bring their prayers. If you go to, if you've been to on, on pilgrimage, it's edifices like this that people go to in Jerusalem, in Mecca. Umrah, Jordan, and other places that people go for. It is edifices like this that they go. And it brings a lot of money. You have tourist guide, you have hotel business taking place, micro businesses like that. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. When you look at the ban, uh, you know, Nigeria is on the red list already. We need to invest in domestic tourism. We need to look inwards. And uh, this is perhaps a call also uh, for tourism to also look at it. I mean, if this brings this amount of people, this kinds of people, or this ilk Mm. of people into town, then we should have other things also, you know, to attract them while they are here. Certainly. Actually, you need to complement that. Mm. For example, you, you, you Palplatu is tagged the home of peace and tourism. There is no peace. Tourism has, has departed us. So we need to change our name or we live by our name. We live up to our name. For example, students from National Institute for Policy and Strategic Studies were there on excursion. Mm. On the day it was opened, students from um, Anand, called Anand, Accountant, School of Accountancy, were also there. For excursion, they are not. They are not necessarily. All of them are not necessarily Christians. So it's a tourist site for those who want to make it a tourist site, and it is an altar for those who want to be spiritual about it. Mm. All right, are we. And we need to have more tourist sites so that when people come after going to Yeshua Kingdom Foundation, they can also go to other places. Mm. So they, they they expand their mind. So they enjoy their stay in Jos. When you come from Abuja and you get to Jos, what fascinates you? Is it the garden? Is it the buildings? Is it the cab services? Is it the road? Nothing will fascinate you as far as just is concerned. So you should have people that will be creative. If individuals, private individuals, will do things in their own ways, people will enjoy this town. Those things that are lacking in other cities, we are supposed to have them. We have a clement weather. We have a beautiful, we have beautiful landscapes. There are places that you see plain land. There are places you see rocks. Plateau is a collage of beauty. 
is, is, um, is a beautiful piece, a masterpiece by God. So we should take advantage of this nature. Mm. All right. Uh, this this particular uh, event and occasion got people talking. Uh, like I said, some even giving it a political uh, coloration, but we know that everyone has different perspectives. So for those giving it a political coloration, uh, what would you say to them, Musa? Um, between man and God, you cannot divorce Senator Jank from the PDC. Between man and God, frankly speaking. But that event was not a political party event. It was a spiritual exercise. It was time for people to go back to God. It was time for people to resuscitate their relationship with God. It was time for people to review and preview their relationship with God. And it is an access for those who want to have a quiet place to pray. There are prayer cells in the facility, about eight of them. And of course, there, there are the Ten Commandments. It's not just about placing the commandments there. It's for people to keep those commandments. Certain times, people need to be constantly be reminded of certain issues. People carry the Bible in their houses. People carry the Quran in their houses. But there's a place of convergence. There's a place where brethren need to meet. Do you understand? Mm. And it's not a bad idea. But certain persons, because they want to give everything people do, they want to attach political correlations to them, they are free to do so. But the reality has not changed. It is an altar built for the glory of Yahweh. Hmm. All right, and um, thank you so much for that. Away from that, another news has made the round this weekend. Uh, Ayu says PDP will return to power as party uh, has, of course, inaugurated uh, NWC, uh, the National Chairman People's Democratic Party. Ayocha Ayu has expressed optimism that the party would return to power in 2023. Uh, Mr. Ayu stated this in his address at the inauguration of the new National Working Committee of the Opposition Party, and the new NWC members were elected at the party's national convention in October. Uh, the PDP was in office for 16 years between 1999 and 2015. And when it lost, when it lost power to Old Progressive Congress APC, uh, Mr. Ayu said PDP is back to rescue and rebuild Nigeria. So as it stands, uh, do you think PDP might return to power come 2023, uh, Mr. Musa? All the, the, the lights are becoming red. What is, not, um, what is working in this country? People will be kidnapped in their bedrooms, on the highways, in village squares, in mosques, in churches, in their cars. People get killed in their villages. If you are in the urban center, you're not safe. If you're in the rural area, you're not safe. The, 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 the indicators are there. If you check the, the human index, um, or, um, what do you call it, terrorism index of the world, we ha- we, we, we're soaring high. Uh, people are hungry. When, when, when you go give someone 2,000 naira, the way he will thank you, you will think you've given him life. Food that is supposed to be a, a necessity. Food that is supposed to be something you should have, something people should outgrow. It's an issue. Ask people their rents. Ask them how they pay their rents. Even people that are working. People are working, they are underpaid. The economy is harsh. The economy is biting. People, people fall sick. People have different issues. I think Nigerians even need to go for mental tests because the government has so pushed Nigerians to the world. It's economy policy as if there are no economists in this um, government. The price of gas, the price of bread, there's nothing that has not escalated. So this is the time to rescue and restore Nigeria. In 2015, they brought a slogan that they want to rescue, for example, on the plateau. This is the best time to rescue because... There is people are in their need of re, of of um, of a rescuer or rescuers. If you check the antecedents of the PDP, it has had its own mistakes too, as a political party. 
but it is more institutionalized than the APC. It understands governance than the APC. If you check the the retinue of people that have led the PDP from 1999, starting from Babalar of Blessed Memory to Barnabas Gemadi to Audu Ogwe to Ahmad Ali, power was in the south. Obasanjo was president. When it moved, PDP brought in people that have been ministers before, people that have been secretary of the party, like Okwesileze Wodo and Okwesileze Vincent Ogolafo. They were secretaries of the party and they became chairman. And at that time, power was with Good Luck Jonathan, was with the Adwa. When it shifted to the Yeradua and Good Luck era, it moved to the northeast, where you had Mamanga Tukur, Alimodu Sherif, and um, Ahmed Ma'azu. During the second era, power was not with anybody in the PDP at the center. At the center, and today, PDP has a 25-year-old man as its national youth leader. Not like they used to have 59-year-old people as youth leader, <coughs> or in some places maybe a man as woman leader. Today, you have a woman leader who is a professor, a woman that has seen it all. This 25-year-old guy will still have his mates in the university. He can he can mobilize and bring people to the PDP fold. You can see the ABC, even its convention, it cannot hold because of series of litigations, left, right, and center. Nigerians are hungry. Nigerians are angry. I just pray that when the PDP comes... Mr. Musa, would you say that um, with the 16 years that the PDP uh, was in power, would you say that the PDP has what it takes to restore and build Nigeria? And uh, should Nigerians trust uh, that after what we have seen uh, all through these years? In the 16 years of the PDP, there was a class that was that, that emanated. It was called the middle class. You're not poor, you're not extremely rich. You're in between. Today, it's either you're extremely poor or you're extremely rich. The APC has killed what is called the middle class. When you and I were in the university, Zoe, our lecturers were driving rickety cars. Hmm. The PDP improved their salaries. And it made them to become great people. But even though they don't used to pay them, they are planning to go on strike. When you and I were in the university, okay, we had, we had graduated from the university. Obasan Jonam created a group called Nigerian Security and Civil Defense Corps. It was a voluntary group. Look at the people it has employed now. A government must be deliberate. A government must create wealth. A government must create avenues for people to be independent and make money. Today, if you want to do a business, the capital you need, even if you have 5 million naira, what kind of business will you do? It will still be like 30 trading. That is why it's important that you bring a government who has, who has the feelings of the people, who understands how the people feel, and a government that understands that Nigeria needs to move forward, irrespective of people's creed, their culture, their religion, their political affiliation. Mm. But once you limit power to a zone, once you begin to ostracize other Nigerians, once you begin to show other Nigerians that they do not belong, you're going to be in trouble. The PDP is holistic. It has room for everybody. That is why when it started, it was not concerned that Babalar is from Lantang. They are only bought in three or four local governments in Nigeria. He was the national chairman. The APC cannot even find a civilian or a politician that does not have a political office to make him its national chairman. It has to go to Yobi and get a sitting governor, the governor and absentee governor, to believe in it. It tells you that even the, the maladministration in the APC is epic. 
it tells you that they don't understand the rudiments of democracy. Mm. They don't have room for newcomers. They don't have All room right. for um, Now let's look at another angle to this. Um, uh, Iocha has said, Senator Ayu has said that um, uh, that uh, uh, his emergence as national chairman is a clear indication that Nigeria is still together and will not disintegrate. And um, he has also assured parties' aspirants that they would uh, be treated fairly, stressing that the PDP under his leadership is determined uh, to stop the drift uh, to other political parties and would instead harvest defectors uh, from other political platforms. So I suppose we'll see some being welcomed also. So do you think uh, that Ayocha uh, uh, Ayu is the right man to restore PDP to what it once was? Ayocha Ayu is a 69 year And would it also uh, solve the internal uh, crisis in the PDP? Yochia Ayu is a 69-year-old man. At this age, you will not want to do anything that will smear your profile. You want to bequeath a legacy of development, a legacy of growth, a legacy that you'll be remembered for. He has been at almost everything. In the academia, he is a PhD holder. Politically, he was a senator and a senate president and a minister. Today, he's leading this party with the mind of taking it to its glory days. There are mistakes, like I told you. There is no human endeavor that you don't find faults, that you don't see loopholes. But yes, these mistakes will be corrected. If you notice what has happened, like I told you, a critical example is that of the Office of the Youth National Youth Leader. In Nigeria of 2021, you have a 25-year-old boy man, sorry, because the responsibility is not that of a boy, leading the entire youth of the PDP in Nigeria. It tells you that they are moving towards uh, the promised land. It tells you that youths are going to have opportunities. For example, if this young man comes, comes to the University of Jos without the paraphernalia of office, he will be able to mingle. He will be, he see his peers. He will advise them. And those ones to be motivated to join the political party because one of their own is speaking to them. But when you have a political party that is clustered around mafias, that is clustered around holding on to power alone, of course you're going to have a lot of challenges. The PDP has identified all of that, and of course it's going to work hard towards doing that, and towards changing the narrative, the negative narrative that the APC brought. Between man and God, everybody would have thought that with Muhammad Buhari's presidency, by now rise would have been 9,000 naira per bag, like fertilizer would have been at that point, and uh, then maybe two or three thousand naira in security would have been crushed by now. But you need to see what the chief of army staff said. They don't even encourage Nigerians, they will tell you that insurgency will continue for 20 years, terrorism will not stop now. On the first of December 2020, this the present the chief of army staff at that time, now a non career ambassador, Lieutenant General Tukur Yusuf Buratai, said terrorism may fester until after 20 years. In those 20 years, let me tell you, I'm not a prophet of doom. They must have made people widows. They must have made children orphans. They must have killed communities. They must have sacked communities. And when these communities relocate and they become terrorists like those ones, you take another 20 years again for it to end. So this monster, this hydra-headed monster, is supposed to be killed before it becomes big. But um, they, they, they have a few states, they video themselves, they shoot guns recklessly, they abuse the sovereignty of, uh, sovereignty of Nigeria, travelers will be going to Sokoto, they'll be burnt alive. The insurgency and the story gets going gory every day. No improvement. And those that are supposed to give you hope, those that are supposed to send hope to Nigerians, will tell you that 
it is going to be even more difficult next year. Why would it be difficult when people are unable to farm their, their lands, when people have been sacked from their villages, when flags that are alien to Nigeria are being wasted in our communities? So how would you expect insurgency to end? When people have a field day by being rascals of epidemic proportion, when people do whatever they want to do and they go scot free, when faces are known and they are not arrested, when people can come to prison and break it and send them and take away criminals, how do you expect us to have a peaceful Nigeria? And okay. it's important of leadership. All right. Um, we have uh, still more news talking about security and safety. Uh, Buhari sends security intelligence heads to Sokoto Kasina, of course, over the worsening attacks. Uh, but of course, what is even more disturbing is uh, the chief of army staff, uh, Lieutenant General Farouk Yahaya, has called on commanders of various theaters of operation to prepare for a possible increase in attacks by bandits and terrorists, among other criminal elements, disturbing the peace of the nation. And this is looking ahead to 2022 uh you know uh, he's saying that uh, we should expect more attacks next year more security threats next year what is your uh, take on this really, it doesn't he sound like a politician of an opposition party he's supposed to handle that issue and let us be told if it's necessary that 2022 would have been the worst year Nigerians have ever faced in terms of terrorism. But because the military was able to do this and that and that, they were able to tackle it. Now you are even making us to be scared of entering the new year. And you are given the responsibility to be called the chief of army staff. You know, bandits and terrorism, terrorists and kidnappers will always feel they have a field if they can go to the battleground and kill a brigadier general and kill my brother, Major Luca Party of Blessed Memory, and kill men and, um, and officers and go to NDA and pick a serving officer and go to Mandir and Barracks and detonate bombs and, and do a lot of things. When you don't need this gangsters and, and behavior in, in the board, people will always be scared. And the thing that will get you scared the more is that is the number one armed man in Nigeria that is instilling this fear in the lives of Nigerians. Mm. So where do you go from here? That's why when you go to airports, you find young Nigerians living because you cannot be killed by a rascal, a man that does not value his life, a man that behaves like an animal. And you've invested a lot in your life. Then suddenly, one night, somebody will make you trek for kilometers because he wants to ask for ransom. You can see poverty has become the order of the day. It's either they make the economy harsh for you, or they kidnap someone and you begin to do crowdfunding. And people don't even fund their brother's education and rest, but you begin to look for money. It's either as a society or a community or an association or a church or a mosque group, you begin to look for money. I read from the papers, I don't know how true it is, that Chekwumi's elder brother has been kidnapped by bandits. Hmm. This is a man that goes to talk to bandits. It means he has access to bandits. The government does not have access to bandits. And every year we recruit policemen, we recruit DSS, NIA, Nigeria Army, Nigeria Air Force, Nigeria Navy, Civil Defense, Nigerian What do we do? Is it just for the numbers? Is it for the numerics? Isn't it for the, for, for the protection of the territorial integrity of Nigeria? A lot of issues are begging for answers. A lot of questions are begging for answers. Nigeria is a very serious country, but the kind of leadership we are getting this, this is not for a few of them that are doing very well, because we cannot just um, give a blanket statement about our leadership in Nigeria. 
for certain persons came to leadership to do certain things that are wrong. And it's quite disheartening and unfortunate. Those spaces shouldn't be created by Nigerians. Sentiments should be left aside. It's not about your your denomination. It's not about your your, your religion. But about capacity. I was reading one video by one Indian, one one um, I don't know how to call them now. One Sikh. It was like you must not love your leader if he has capacity. Vote for them. You must not like them because it's not a relationship that you have between a man and wife. The qualities of the leader is capacity, capability, forward looking, forward thinking, and taking to the people to where they do not necessarily need to go, but they deserve to go, and where they do not necessarily think they should go, or where they need to go, where they deserve to go. If you ask me, if Nigeria is prospering, you know the answer. If you ask me, what kind of graduates do we get, do we get to uh, produce in Nigeria? When they go abroad, they do well. Here, ASU strike. Here, they don't pay ASU lecturers their end allowances. You see one lecturer with 20 students undergraduate in, in visiting them or supervising them. At the end of the day, you see a lot of plagiarism all over the place. You see people paying others to do assignments for them. Because the issue here is that we're, we're focusing on certificates. That is why some people even said if President Muhammad Buhari will present Nepal deal, hmm. there's no problem. They will vote for him. And today, today, they're saying, good luck, Jonathan is better. I hope that we'll not come and have a president again and we'll say Mamadi Bwari is better. Because for me, you've seen how we're all Nigeria is attacking. Some are saying he doesn't even give a heck about our lives. Because people get killed. It's not about the, the, the region now. It used to be plateau state and people will say, go and live with your neighbors at peace like they did in um, in Benue State when President Bwari told Governor Samuel Atom, go and live with your neighbors at peace. Now. Who is even your neighbor when he comes to kill him at night? If he's your neighbor, you know, okay, this is my neighbor, his name is Musa Hashem, he's not going to kill me or he's capable of doing this. Or you don't even know your assailants. You don't even know people that are trying to lay seeds on your land, to grab your land, to take away your children on, 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 on captivity for years. If you watch AIT, you check the scrolls up, you'll see the number of years and days that children have been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Remember the trauma these people's parents are going through. Well, we are having a traumatized society. Still in the news, uh, Musa, uh, we're seeing uh, FGs calling on Western allies to declare bandits Boko Haram, IPOB as terrorists. The federal government is saying that they, they have continued and they will continue to put pressure on uh, Western allies to proscribe bandits Boko Haram and the indigenous people of Biafra, IPOB as terrorists. And the government has said that uh, they are doing so would severely reduce uh, the funding for the groups, noting that uh, it was doing all within its powers to ensure uh, that a stop is put to the killings throughout the country. And that is, of course, uh, the special <laughs> senior special assistant to the president um, uh, on media and publicity, Garbashi, who made the assertion uh, in reaction to an editorial by Daily Trust newspaper titled Life Has Lost Its Value Under Buhari's yes. Nigeria. I was reading that um, and I, I said all the things they said, nothing is alien. Like the what I'm saying too, there's nothing new. People have been in Nigeria, people understand these things. Um, if you want to prescribe um, indigenous people of Biafra, it's a good thing. But there are ways which you will do this, kinetic and non-kinetic um, approach. You even know the spokesperson of IPOP, for example, and you know who is the lead character in that movie. But Ibuko Haram sect, what are their reasons? Is it ideological? Is it philosophical? Is it a, a, a reason that will prosper Nigeria? Nigeria is an amalgamation, an amalgam of plenty ethnic nationalities, of different people from all facets of life. 
1914 amalgamation brought us together. So you cannot change certain things. If you don't want to do a referendum, your gun cannot do a referendum for you. Nigeria has become a state that people who come from the Amazonia and enter the Taraba state and kill people and go back. People in this country, in Niger state, the whole community will be sacked. Which state has not faced an in, in, insurgency? Which state has not faced terrorism? And let me tell you, daily trust in the past is, is to very to a large extent. Mm. But now nobody is talking about uh, my relationship with Buhari or the relationship with ABC or the relationship with the North. <laughs> it is about Nigeria. It is about our uh, corporate existence as a people. Because you never can tell uh, when, when rain does not fall on one roof. You never can tell when they will lay it in your community. You never can tell when you'll be taking the Abuja Kaduna Highway and the girl will come and say, I don't like this person, I will not kill him from my country. There is one and one invisible Nigeria, but it can be negotiated. Hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Musa. Let me uh, bring in Dr. Chris Piwuna now, HOD Psychiatry, University of Joss, and also Vice President Asu. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. All right. Now, um, we're getting wind of news again. Uh, members of the Academic Staff Union of Universities have threatened to embark on another industrial action following a three-week ultimatum issued by the union last month. Um, one would wonder, uh, you know, what is the hope uh, for the Nigerian academic system? But let's talk about Asu now. What's going on? What's the latest? What's the updates? Well, thank you very much. And um, I really want to appreciate this opportunity to talk to Nigerians about what's happening in our union. Well, for almost two years now, we've been talking with government since we called off the last strike. Uh, the strike was started on the 23rd of March 2020. And uh, we had charter of demands, and our charter of demands have not been met fully yet. And um, we consider those things that are still outstanding as very significant. And um, without them, the system cannot function properly. It borders on how uh, the system has over the years declined in terms of infrastructure, in terms of the services it provides, in terms of uh, training of students, in terms of research, and, you know, infrastructural development generally. It also borders on governance issues, you know, in the investors. Uh, we have governing councils, we have visitors to at the federal all these issues um, affect how the system runs and that was the basis for which the union embarked on the last strike and unfortunately long after we've suspended the strike some of these issues are still outstanding so uh, at our last meeting uh, the neck of the union we told government that move fast to address this issue. Uh, we have to meet again to decide on what direction uh, our union will take over this issue. All right. Um, so what, what really are the issues at this time? Uh, still in the news was seen, Dogara appeals to ASU to reconsider dialogue over strike. And uh, we're also seeing that uh, uh, just uh, yesterday, it's true, FG released 55.5 billion uh, naira for universities to avert ASU strike committee of VCs. Okay. You know, 
when government people talk like this, mm. people who are seen as sympathetic to government, when they say things such as, oh, some money has been released, they make it look as if the main concerns of the survival of the university system, the public universities in Nigeria, depend on this money that they are touting all over the place. I just about governance issues in our universities. We have not even raised that of the welfare of our members because the issue of IPPIS and, uh, you know, related matters to IPPIS are there and they are not doing anything to address those issues. Take the case of state universities. In 1980, 82, the government then decided to start these state universities. Uh, Ambrose Ali University, uh, Olabinsi or Nabanjo University, Agoyewe, those very few universities. Establishment of universities at that time was disciplined you know effort it was a product of a dif disciplined effort by our leaders at that time now we have proliferation of universities all over the place some state governments have two three universities when they can barely fund one university you know before the establishment of these new ones so governance issues are there laws relating to these universities are there and like i said take ippis another of the contentious issues with Nigerian universities. Um, government decided to uh, impose on us in the university the IPPIS, which is the Integrated Payroll uh, Payment System. Mm. Since that was brought into the universities, there's been confusion and you know, university administration and you know payment of members have become so chaotic as i speak with you now uh, some of us are just getting notices of our pension deductions that was over a year ago we're just getting notices of it in the last two weeks and even these notices or alerts are because of the threat of why must we always threaten or why must we always go on that before government will do what they are supposed to do we raised the concerns about IPPIs we provided an alternative that will address these issues that we currently face in the system nobody is taking it seriously let me ask the IPPI software. It was developed in the West, in America. We say, look, we can do this in Nigeria. We assembled scientists, computer uh, professors, and programmers, and we told them that, look, as it is right now, we can provide an alternative to these IPPIs that can serve beyond Nigerian universities. We delivered on that. Since we delivered on computers, the University Transparency and Accountability Solution, which is an alternative to IPPIs, since we provided on uh, we provided that alternative, government has been given one after the one excuse after the other to ensure that that is not deployed to you know for payments within the universities. Our members are owed months over a year's salary in some places. Hmm. 
and for those whose salaries are regular today it is 30,000 naira less but have they given any reason why they are opposed to the utas I mean, one on on one hand, we hear you know, uh, 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 buy Niger to grow Niger. This is in some way, uh, you know, a Nigerian development. And then here we are again having, uh, you know, the government of the day not wanting to accept it. So it's what is the problem really with the Utahs? Why have they refused to accept it? Officially, the government tells us that they are ready to accept Utahs. They say that to us officially, but once we are off, when we finish the meetings with them, we hear different stories. They said, Utahs, Utahs, Utahs have to, number one, mm, go ahead. Okay. That Utahs has to, number one, uh, go through user acceptability tests. We need to call the stakeholders. We need to demonstrate to them. We have demonstrated to the National Salaries, Incomes and Wages Commission. We have demonstrated to the Federal Ministry of Education. We've demonstrated the use of Utahs to NUC. We have demonstrated it to the Office of the Accountant General of the Federation. We have called vice chancellors across this country to show to them what Utahs can do and you know the bosses who are directly involved with payments and all that we've had several meetings with them several meetings with them and at the end of each meeting the outcome is that Utahs is superior to what we have as IPPS for deployment in the university system so they are the only ones that will say we can only uh, guess why they don't want to enforce Utahs, they prefer IPPIs, because we are paying. Utah, we are paying for IPPIs, and the, the university systems or the federal government of Nigeria pays billions of naira as consultancy. As uh, there's another fee, there's a name they call it. We pay this to the owners or those who have the IP rights of. Uh, uh, IPPIs. So that's, that can be the only explanation why they don't want tutors because they are benefiting. I mean, how do you expect a reasonable government to employ consultants, uh, non-civil servants, to manage payments of salaries of civil servants when there are people that have been employed trained and uh, experienced in handling such matters right now as IPPI has been enforced say in the University of Joss the bursary of the University of Joss that would use to uh, raise payment vouchers do things if there are problems they address it you know regarding staff right now they play very peripheral role in our salaries everything is being organized from Abuja. So if you have a problem, you need to send somebody to Abuja from Jos, from Enugu, from Sokoto, from Meduguri. Everything from is Kalawa. so cumbersome. So that is the challenge that we have with IPPIs. And like I said, you don't have a place to complain. Your salary is short by 12,000 naira this month. It may be 70,000 naira next month. There are people who have been receiving salaries on IPPIs and the next thing, their salaries do not come. And what do they do? They wait until 
the people in Abuja are able to figure out what they are doing. So how important uh, is solving this crisis between the university and the federal government? How important is this? Well, I, to me, the answer to this is common knowledge to every Nigerian. Education. Why, why do we need education? We need a knowledge-based and driven economy. We need a knowledge, knowledgeable society to function well. Some of these issues that are being discussed uh, before I joined the program about insecurity and all that. If we have young people who are in school, they are not out of school, who learn how to relate and tolerate one another in school, some of these challenges will not be there. Of course, you know that there are more young people abusing substances on our streets than in our universities, than in our secondary schools. It is those who drop out of secondary school, most of them, who drop out of the university that are on the streets with, uh, you know, huge substance use problems. All right, let's open the phone lines now and hear from Nigerians on the topics we've discussed uh, this morning, starting uh, with the dedication of uh, the Yeshua uh, Temple right here during the weekend and, of course, attendance of lots of dignitaries. Uh, we've also looked at uh, uh, the new uh, the chairman, Ayocha Ayu, from PDP. Uh, he's saying that uh, with his coming into power, uh, with him coming on board, uh, that uh, PDP is ready to take over 2023 and also the issue of ASU and also the chief of army staff saying looking forward to 2022 uh he's seen uh, more attacks and now we should brace ourselves for that zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight hello and good morning hello good morning thank you for calling let's thank get to you know you thank you very much my name is Eddie kumar i'm calling from Junction. let's talk yes i will comment your guests they have spoken well but what what I want to talk about is this issue of the strike of the ASU, which is very, very unfortunate. Upon all the agreements that the government have been making with the ASU, that they are still talking about the strike. But it is not a surprise thing, seeing that the government are not fulfilling all their promises, so education will not be a part. And relating it to the issue of uh, the other news that by 2022, by the uh, report of the army, that the issue of bandits are going to increase. This is a very, very surprising to a Nigerian. This to say that Mr. President is not serious about the issue of uh, security. And number one priority of leadership in, in every world is the right to live. If you cannot defend the people from their life, to say that the, the government have failed. No matter how the development you bring to the government, if they cannot able to, to defend their life, it's a, a failure. So if the government will be bringing this news to Nigeria, they have to say that it's a sign of a failure and the government have to, to, to come out and just resign as a, a failing state. Because this is not, not what we are expecting from this uh, present administration. Apart from all things that is happening every day, there is not any change in terms of strategy. Every year is spending of money on the issue of security, and there is no result. So what are we saying? And there is people that we see that they are responsible for this, and they are not arrested. So what are we saying? So let the government do the needful. If not, 
let the Nigerians get into their senses to know that 2023 is a time for every Nigerian to use his brain and his VC uh, very wise. Mm, thank you very much, uh, Sadiq Omar. Where President Mohamed Buhari has said on Sunday, uh, he refuted the claim that life has lost its value under his leadership, noting that the administration has prioritized plans to eradicate insecurity. Uh, of course, this reaction was or is coming on the heels of the Daily Trust newspaper's uh, editorial uh, Sunday the edition which posited that life has lost its value uh, under Buhari's Nigeria. Uh, however, the president has come out to debunk that, of course, through uh, the media and publicity uh, assistant, Garba Shehu. Uh, he said that this administration has embarked on massive infrastructure projects like the coastal rail, the new train from southern coast through the north uh, northeast. And he also noted that there has been uh, plans set on motion to expand employment opportunities across the country with the purpose of spreading hope uh, to the insecure parts of the country and on Nigeria's uh, security architecture, he revealed that the growing instability and violence in the north of Nigeria and elsewhere is unacceptable. And he's also saying that no one, not least the presidency, underestimates the seriousness of the situation. And he's also, he also added that tackling the scourge of banditry and terrorism remains the government's first priority. Let's talk. Good morning, Louis. Good morning to you. Welcome. Let's talk. Uh, Musa Shon has said it all. My sister, I want to ask a very, very vital question this morning about this Yeshua uh, Kingdom uh, program that uh, Plateau State and Nigeria Slash observed on Friday. Uh, the, the commissioner that the governor sent said that governor traveled that morning. Mm. Now, and I heard that they say that it's because of politi- po- political issues. Make a uh, Governor John to commission the place. Honestly speaking, I'm not happy because this administration said that uh, the security challenges of this country is beyond them. We have to pray. And people have started praying and they are complicated they're political. I don't really know what is actually wrong with these people. Honestly speaking, they said we should pray. The security issue of this country is beyond them. And now, the, the, the people gather and pray on Friday. They say they're political. What kind of thing is this, my, my sister? It's very, very unfortunate. They, they do, because the key, why they took power from, from, from Jonathan was because of, they said that it's security. I don't really know. Is it because Adawa or because of what? They, are not, they do not give Nigeria what they promised us. Instead of them to do the needful, they are telling the whole thing. Run around. It's very, very unfortunate, my sister. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. These are the numbers to call and contribute on the program. On Facebook, Moses Daniel is saying this government has uh, nothing good to show to Nigerians. The government that closed border for six years now, then what do we expect? And uh, Sokes Tong is saying Asu issue is long overdue. Now, why is the government not doing anything about the the, the plight of Nigerian education system? Maybe because uh, they take their children abroad for education and tourism. Army chief, uh, you are making us feel insecure in our country. Is that banditry and terrorism is here? Is it that banditry and terrorism is here to stay in our country? Ten Commandments is a good move in the right direction. Building a monument of worship is good for a state as ours. We need more of this. Also, when is Yeshua Foundation organizing another program as powerful as this? Looking forward to that. Uh, Isang at C says, good morning. Let's talk seriously. We thank God for a successful Ten Commandments program. May God bless us 
Congress with good leaders like Baba Jang on the plateau and Nigeria at large. Uh, also, El Kara Moses says, question, between bandits and politicians, which ones are more dangerous? It's quite unfortunate that people are dying, but they are busy clamoring for their selfish interests. Can you imagine this irony that South African president came to this country with negative COVID-19 but was tested positive after leaving this country? What do we have to write about uh, our home? School in this country has become a scam because our leaders don't care to boost our school facilities so that we have good education. Their children school abroad while the poor man suffers under the so-called leadership misplacement of high priority. Hashtag, he's saying. Saeed Aremu Samshuddin says our government is not trying enough on the issue of insecurity. We can never have security with the number of our security personnel. Our government should do the needful. Roger Sunday is saying last, uh, last, last, the security of lives and properties is in our hands. I don't think the security agencies in Nigeria can curb this rising banditry and terrorism. May God shield us. Uh, Tengwam Stephen is saying, I finished secondary school at age 19 and at 26 still in the university. Education has no value in this country. The worst insecurity in this country next year will be food insecurity. Uh, Gashon Manasseh says, I'm beginning to agree uh, with JFM Radio. Uh, is a mouthpiece of the PDP, always bringing pro-PDP card-carrying members to campaign for PDP in the name of analysis. Hmm. Mr. Gashon, <laughs> well, we'll see about that. And, uh, well, everybody's entitled to his perspective. And uh, we have been calling on the APC members, especially those in authority, uh, to come and throw more light. We don't want uh, their voice uh, to be sent here. We want those uh, who are in authority to come and answer certain questions. And, of course, uh, the invitation is still open. Ayodele Ababiaka is saying, I'm grateful to God for the Ten Commandments. This will reduce unnecessary travels to some holy lands, which we now have in Joss Plateau State. And people will return back to God. And uh, Felkuka is saying... Thanks to Dara Jang for the Ten Commandments prayer after altar built in Jaws. It shows that Plateau is Jerusalem of Nigeria because it's a place of reality. Uh, with the way things are going, we are sure PDP will come back to power, though they have their mystics too, but APC has no manifesto to guide them like the PDP in their leadership. Democracy has been raped in Nigeria. And um, he's also saying, uh, but based on understanding and greed. Uh, we leave it there. So let's get back to ASU. I mean, when we think of ASU, we think of universities. When we think of universities, we think of the youth. And then when we think of the youths, we see more and more uh, that the future is looking bleak. The youths are the future of the country. The youths are the future anywhere else, as it, as it turns out. And then uh, keeping them out of school uh, just does not portend well at all. And so if ASU chooses to go on strike uh, at this time, uh, Dr. Piuna, we do not even know how long this strike will be. But if the government does not meet up uh, to the demands that you're asking for, are you going on strike? Well, the decision to participate or to embark on a strike is largely that of our members, not the leadership of the union. Mm. And as it is now, we've thrown the decision back to our different branches, over 74 branches across the country, to meet. They've been meeting. You've been reading it in the papers, press releases and all that. So the decision to embark on strike or not will be determined by our members. So I may not be able to say... Uh, whether we're going on strike or not. But this is what may guide us in whether we'll participate or embark on a strike or not. The government's actions. Once government deliberately ignores the basic issues that we raise and they continue to send their lackeys, you know, to 
say, oh, this amount of money has been released, mm. so there's no need for strike. Oh, this has been done. So, so are you saying it's not true that no amount of money has been released? No, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, perhaps I need to give a background to that. When we met government in March this year, they agreed to release funds re- amounting to about 172 billion naira over some time. They have not been able to keep fit to that agreement. Now that there is a threat of strike, they've released some money. This 52 billion that they are talking about is for two different issues. Mm. One is for the revitalization of public universities, something that would have been done December last year. It took them 12 months to release a part of that money. So you see, and that's why the universities cannot make progress. If you're going to release funds, release funds in such a way that it will be useful. From If you were going to buy a car in December last year, you're going to buy that car now three times the amount after a year, based on the policies of this government. So the money that's being released is another source of agitation. I'm surprised that even the Committee of Vice Chancellors mm. are saying things like, oh, government has released money. They are the ones that understand the difficulties they are facing. But because they are appointed by government, they are unable to tell government mm. the truth. But most of this money that is being released to them, they cannot do a quarter of what they would have done if the money was released at the time. And they can't even go and fight for the money themselves. They wait for the union to get the money into the system. And they say, oh, government is doing so well. They won't even align with the union to support our efforts at better funding for the university system. So to answer your question directly, the, the, the possibility of a strike depends on how government acts between now and when our union meets. Mm, so what is your call once again uh, to the government of the day? And of course to students uh, who will be affected. Sorry, I even forgot to talk about this student's issue, but let me talk about my appeal to government. Having universities should be a planned effort by government. Not this proliferation of universities based on political patronage. Oh, this zone, Centralia zone, does not have a, a, represent a university. This state does not have a university. So a governor established a university and puts it in his backyard, in his village. This kind of unplanned expansion of the university system cannot be sustained by them or the system that we have today. So they need to think straight about these things and about funding state universities. As at the last count, over 40 universities established by the state governments are almost solely funded by TEDFON. Without TEDFON, they cannot fund those universities. And yet it was not TEDFON that established the universities for you. And to the issue of students, I hope that we will not embark on a strike. We understand when the other speaker said he's 19, he's 26 now, mm. he's still in the university. It really hit me. It's a, it's a very sad, sad thing. But if you look at the university that you are for the past six years that you've been in that university, there is no development, nothing new in terms of infrastructure 
that has come to that university without the struggle of our union. Check it out. Look at your faculty. Look at your laboratories. Look at your hostels. There is no improvement that has come. As little as that improvement is, if our union had not struggled for it, you wouldn't have had those things. And imagine the university without those things, without a functional library, without a functional laboratory, without good hostels. I mean, what kind of thing would that be? Right now, let me tell all the students that are listening, the elites in this country have a plan. The plan is to make tertiary education a private-oriented thing. Our union believes that tertiary education is public interest and that the interest of the public, not privatization, as it is now, your parents are paying for your studies. They pay for your accommodation. They pay for your feeding. They pay for your transportation. And so many things that are not even captured in the university payment schedules. You pay for 5,000 naira or something in the University of Just. Your parents pay much, much higher than that. And yet this government is saying that the best way forward is to privatize these universities, is to introduce school fees into the universities. If with the 45,000 naira your parents are paying and the accommodation that they are paying, your feeding and all that they are doing for you, imagine that the, our union allows government to introduce fees. How many of you can survive? All right. On this note, I'm so sorry, Dr. Piwuna. Thank you so much for your time on this note. The program has come to a close. We've actually shot way out of our time. And I won't say thank you to Musa Ashoms. And I won't say thank you to you, Dr. Piwuna, uh, for taking the time uh, to be here with us this morning and for shedding light on what is going on with ASU. You are the Vice President, ASU National. And this is what I have for you on the Monday edition of the program. Let's talk. Keep listening. More coming your way on your favorite radio station, J101.9 FM. News top of the hour meets you. And after that, the midday show. Do stay tuned. I am Zoe Machunga. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 